This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Today's program is pre-recorded. Now on Talk Radio We're going to become extinct. In fact, in some cases, we're close to being extinct right now. Presented by the Law Offices of Pond, Lee Hockey, Giordano. Talk, listen, and speak to the region's most influential leaders. It's Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor. And a good Saturday evening, everyone, and welcome into Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor as we come to you on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. It's a little bit of an abbreviated radio program today with the president of the AFL-CIO, Pat Eiding, uh, as we lead you in to Temple Basketball. Uh, but, Pat, I have a feeling uh, that you could use those extra few minutes. Uh, your schedule, my good friend, is getting uh, to a point where uh, it is is already super, super busy, uh, and I don't know if that's because Super Tuesday's in the rearview mirror, but things are rolling forward in 2020. Well, I mean, it was busy before Super Tuesday. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, we, we started 2020 off, Joe, uh, with a bang, uh, not the least being that the uh, we started with our uh, 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 leadership uh, program that we do every year down in Atlantic City. We do it in Atlantic City to get folks away from their ha- their office and their phones. And we put about 150 people, uh, leaders down there to talk about what the labor movement should be doing in the coming year. Uh, we started that, I guess, my second year here, which was around 2003. And uh, it's become a, a good, it's become a good venue to not only get folks together, but really talk about, and we try to change it up every year. Uh, I will tell you that this year we, uh, we, we put it around organizing. We, uh, we know that there's, contrary to what folks believe with the numbers, there's, there's thousands of workers out there who would like to have the benefit of a collective bargaining agreement. They're reaching out all the time. Uh, you know, more, more recently, the, uh, the uh, uh, public defenders, the attorneys, were organized. They organized their own union with the United Auto Workers. Now, people say to auto workers, you know, Unions are not just tied to an industry so much as they are to people. And, uh, you know, we, we have, uh, I know at one point the Guild here in Philadelphia was trying to work with the with the uh, uh, other transportation people besides the taxi cab driver. So it does change a little bit. So what we tried to do at this meeting was, uh, this the forum was to put various uh, organizers together who were organizing different kinds of industries, different kinds of businesses. Uh, WHYY, I mean, you know, uh, there's a lot. You know, the nurses are doing great jobs out there with the nurses. And so... We had those organizers, and we had a program that the National is putting together now, which is really exciting because it's similar to our labor-to-labor program, which uh, I have to tell you, there's not a politician in the country that doesn't want us to use our labor-to-labor program if they're endorsed by us. And it's able to reach down into the members, able to keep a log of folks who want to be involved in organizing and helping somebody else. And then we actually had workers who are either being organized or have been organized home care workers, uh, again, uh, uh, nurses, and, and try to bring those different people along with this new uh, tool, if you will, that we're going to have to help folks to do organizing. My commitment to uh, to the members there was that uh, we, coming back home here, we're going to uh, reinstitute our organizing committee. You know, we work well with committees, and sometimes they, they lose a little bit of their excitement. You have to bring them back. I think the excitement is now because they're 
two things. No, number one, the uh, because of the Janice thing, where uh, you know the the right wing and the uh, the uh, the Big Brother situation, they're all trying to get union people to leave unions, and so internal organizing, just talking to members, becomes a big part of organizing. So that was a big event, uh, and so right right off of that, we uh, that was right off our, our elections last year, and then. Uh, we came, you know, we have a Super Bowl party the night of the Super Bowl down there, and then uh, we finished up on the uh, the short day. We have a day, full day and a half day. The brand new city council folks who just got elected came down to talk to our members and talk about, you know, what their beliefs are and what their what their goals are, and also to answer questions. And that was well received. Uh, we have a very uh, distinct program going on here in the city with the district attorney. And, you know, the district attorney is a, a subject matter for people in both positive and negative. He's and a lightning rod. He sure is. But what he saw was the need to have somebody who understands labor, who understands working people, and put somebody there. So uh, Danielle Newsom, who uh, is a bright young attorney, uh, who came through the, quite honestly, the Peggy Browning program, which is, which is a program that helps uh, interns who are interested in becoming labor lawyers. Uh, she went on to be, uh, she helped in our, our youth youth movement, or the Young Workers Agreement uh, Committee, and she chaired the our uh, Coalition of Labor, Women in Labor uh, work, Workforce for a while. So she is now the liaison with the district attorney for folks in the working field, both organized and not organized, that she can bring to task when employers are cheating, when employers are, are doing 1099s when they shouldn't be doing that, you know, the underground employment, if you will economy rather and so they were they were great and well received and and you know we do an exit poll and sometimes we hate to look at them because you never know but what a positive result it was and and so you know now we're fast forward and and uh, the new law in the pennsylvania act 77 which is a voters a voters law it's a new law that uh, has broken down the way people can vote in pennsylvania much different than it used to be there's some good, there's some bad. You can't, for example, you can't go into the polling place and pull a straight ticket anymore. So, you know, folks who were used to going in and pulling Democrat or Republican and walking out, now they're going to have to look at the uh, look at the ballots and look at the people. Uh, on top of that, this the, the this coming Monday, just a couple of days from now, uh, the ninth, uh, folks are going to be able to vote on a paper ballot. Now, because it's a new law and it's it's just starting to get into effect, the uh, the commission commissioners won't have those ballots and that those pieces of application ready yet. Probably won't be ready till the middle of the month, uh, and then folks can start voting. There's and I won't try to express the whole law, but the good good and bad of it is that folks can vote early. They can vote without having to go to the polling place. But when if they take this option, it's a little different than the absentee ballot from before. If they take this option uh, and they vote, and it's changed a little bit now, but for example, a week or so ago, there were six candidates for president, and if somebody would have voted for uh, Coberture or one of those that dropped out, your vote is gone now. You can't get it back. So once you vote, you vote. That's the ugly part of voting early because you're, you know, you're, you're taking it, it's like a roulette wheel. Uh, so, but it also forced us to, you know, our, our procedure in the labor movement is that to get endorsed by the, the labor movement in the state of Pennsylvania. Uh, what happens is the council, like us, we recommend to the state 
And in the state, either at their convention or a special called meeting, they will go through all the recommendations and they, they will they will come up with endorsements. And I have to tell you, you know, folks running in Pennsylvania, uh, even the congresspeople, they want the endorsement of labor, especially in Pennsylvania, where we do have the labor to labor program and we're very engaged and certainly Philadelphia is. So um, uh, just a couple of days ago uh, on Thursday morning, we had to move our recommendation meetings a little sooner because the state is going to do theirs because of the early vote, and they're going to do theirs early next week. So um, we, we, we went through every person that's running, whether they had uh, a, 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 a competition or not in, their, in, you know, in the primary, and then went through those endorsements, through those people, and as many folks come in and talk to us personally. Uh, you know, folks, you know, I won't go into names because I don't know that I should do that on the air. But then the, then we'll take those recommendations. They'll go to the state and then the state will, will be part of that. Uh, folks like myself and others are on that executive board who will be evaluating those recommendations. And I have to tell you, recommendation for a position of endorsement from the city council to the state holds a lot of water. That's usually who gets there. So, no, no doubt, um, no doubt about that, and a lot to unpack in Pat's opening uh, monologue here on Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor as we come to you on Talk Radio twelve ten uh, WPHT. Uh, as humble as you are, uh, Pat Eiding, I um, uh, do want to touch on uh, the Peggy Browning Award. I know that that um, award was uh, Wednesday night of this week. Uh, I wish Jay Doc was here today. He's off this Saturday night. Uh, a week ago, uh, on this very show, uh, Sam Pond was our special guest. Um, and I almost want to send you the audio, Pat, to hear the incredible amount of how do I say this? Hear the incredible amount of respect that Sam Pond has for Pat Eiding in everything uh, that you've done and that you continue to do. It was a tremendous tribute uh, from Sam uh, on Talk Radio 1210 last Saturday, and then, of course, the award uh, on Wednesday, uh, I'm sure, was very special. We'll get to our first commercial break here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. This is Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor. It's a special, uh, not quite full hour uh, with the president of the AFL-CIO, Pat Eiding, back in a moment. Portions of tonight's edition of Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor are being sponsored by Plumbers Local 690, Ironworkers Local 401, and SEIU Local 32BJ. Today's program has been pre-recorded. This whole nonsense about not giving workers the right to organize with so-called right to work, that's bad. Something like that comes to my desk, I'll veto it, not just because I'm a Democrat, not just because I'm pro-labor, but because I know for a fact that's not very smart. And back here on Saturday night, it's Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. We lead you right in to Temple Basketball. It's March Madness, and basketball uh, really comes into focus uh, in terms of the month of March. We'll lead you into Temple Basketball. They'll get started uh, around 7.50 this evening. We're sitting one-on-one with the president of the AFL-CIO, uh, Pat Odding. Pat, let me get to you quickly. A lot to unpack and a lot on the agenda uh, and I'll uh, to try, cover. i try to throw as much out as I can. 
can't confuse people <laughs> okay. if I can't. But uh, let me just say, I certainly am thrilled to be able to back off my time for Temple since I'm a, you know, a trustee at Temple, and and I know the team struggled a little bit this year, but uh, you know, it's my favorite school. It's ah, good school. stuff. So, there you go. Uh, you know, coming up in the neighborhoods, Temple was uh, the school. You know, that was the, we thought that was the one for Kensington people, so we didn't know. Why don't we know? But Joe, I gotta just touch on uh, first of all because I was very proud. And uh, an honor to be uh, be honored by the Peggy Browning Fund. Uh, so folks understand, without me going too long into it, Peggy Browning was a labor attorney who was was as, as probably as close to working people as you can imagine for an attorney. And as I said the other night, no disrespect to the other attorneys, but it's a special breed of labor uh, folks who are labor attorneys because they live and breathe what happens to working people. And uh, I related the other night a story that Joe Ashdale told me that reminded me of that I had forgotten. When we uh, we had our uh, meetings at the hotel, the, the uh, AFLCO COPE meetings, uh, 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 council meetings at the hotel, there was quite a few people used to come, quite a few hundred people at times. And uh, when when the farm farm workers and the, and the mushroom workers were trying to organize, uh, one particular night when Peggy walked in with the whole gang, right into the meeting with all the, the uh, mushroom workers, because that's who Peggy was. But she did a great job here in Philadelphia representing the unions. And, uh, you know, part of the frame with, uh, with you know, Bernie Katz and Len Spear and Lou Wilderman, these are renowned names that have unfortunately passed from us. But they're, they're folks who didn't take an extra dollar, didn't take an extra coin to get somebody's business. They were straight up. If you hired them, if you were in a local union, you hired them, you hired them dollar for dollar. And, you know, I don't want to get into schemes, but a lot of people in those kinds of business, there's always a little extra that, you know, happened in the past that don't happen anymore. But so so what happens in the Peggy Browning program, uh, Peggy went on to become the na- representative on the National Labor Board, which is pretty renowned. It's pretty, pretty important. And she passed, unfortunately, very young. She got a disease and she passed. And folks, and not the, not the least being her husband, Joe Lurie, kept it up. And now they do a great job for young uh aspiring attorneys to try to uh, not not influence them so much, but introduce them to what the labor world is and, and what working people need and, and those kinds of things. And they do internships. So when they do the fundraising from the Peggy Browning fundraiser that we got honored and Sam Pond and myself and Ralph was an arbitrator, we were all honored there. But uh, And I won't certainly won't uh, build on what you told me happened on the radio show, but Sam did that so, uh, so, so passionately that unfortunately Jim Gardler, who, uh, who was our, uh, secretary treasurer here at the council, who was going to introduce me, um, he said, well, he leaned over to table. He said, what do I do now? He said, you know, <laughs> I'm going to introduce you, but, uh, it was a great night. And, and I, I certainly respect the work that Sam and his people do, you know, for working people, People don't know, and, and Sam emphasizes it, and he does it with the pictures on his walls, and he does what is every day. He doesn't go a day without, without thinking about somebody who's gotten hurt and didn't get uh, compensated for it. Listen, I won't go too far into it, but I come from the insulators and asbestos workers. And I know when, when people come down with mesothelioma, how debilitating it is and how, tr- how tremendously it affects the family. And, and, uh, and so uh, lawyers then who represent folks uh, are very important to the family. So... I, what, and I met a young man who's going to Temple now, and I gave him my card, and I want to communicate with him. He's going, he's, he's going to law school. And I said to him, before we did all our presentations, I said, pay attention tonight. What you're going to find out if you lean towards being a labor attorney, that 
there's a passion for that that goes above all your other legal attorney legal learning and your other your other things that you learn because you you live and breathe the way the working people do the way you represent the people and so that was a great night and I thank Sam. Uh, you know, it was, uh, was listen, it bordered on being embarrassing. He, he did such a nice job, and I appreciate that. And, and uh, you know, I, I, I know I got a lot, a lot of years here, but, I, you know, you never know yourself until you're gone uh, whether you did good or not. So having said that, uh, let me get off of that because I don't want to – first of all, I don't want to get emotional because that would be bad on the radio. But I, I did appreciate it. Thank you, Sam, if you're listening. But uh, – well, and thank you to you, Pat. I'll give you a chance to catch your breath there for just a second by saying, by jumping in there and just saying, you know, thank you to you, you, you know, for everything uh, that you've done, for everything that ha- that you um, have uh, done over the years to stand up for those uh, working people. Uh, and that, I think, is the most meaningful thing that I've learned from you uh, in terms of our relationship going back to uh, the start of this radio program and now <clears throat> eight years into connecting with you when you're available to connect with that. <laughs> well, you know what, Joe? I, I, I had a, an interview that I was really amazed how, how good it came out in, a, in a, at the Labor magazine that you're familiar with. And a comment I made in there, and I guess in discussion, and you know, you know, when you're talking something, you don't know how it comes out. But I, I guess I made this statement: is in this business, if you're working for people, you can't just like it; you have to love it. And mm-hmm. you know, if you just like it, you're gonna you're gonna come in, you know, eight to five or nine to five and go home. But if you love it, you want to be there. You want to feel it when somebody gets hurt on the job. You want to feel it when uh, somebody gets elected that worked hard and should be elected. And you want to feel it when somebody don't deserve it and, and, and those kinds of things. So uh, it does become passionate. And, you know, God bless my wife, Elizabeth. Uh, she puts up with me. My family puts up with me. But uh, they know that it's real. It's it's not, you know, it's it's not for, uh, it's certainly not for personal gain. I think I passed that point already. So we're, we're still all right. I, I always say when somebody wants to fight with me, I, what are you going to do, send me back to Kensington? Yeah, I, yeah. I can deal with that. So, but listen, there's a lot going on besides Pat Iding and, uh, you know, back uh, last uh, October, we did a presidential forum here that was uh, was kind of different because the Central Labor Council had never done anything to that size and degree. Uh, we were fortunate. We invited every candidate then. If you recall, there might have been 10 or 12 then. I'm not sure of the number, but six came. Six were able to come, and it was a great day. And we filled the halls with rank-and-file workers, and we asked the questions that were given to us from those workers. So it was great, and and we were under the watchful eye of our national. Be be careful we don't do endorsements and we don't pass the bylaw. At the end of the day, you know, we were live stream. uh, To this day, I still hear from reporters and people when I see them. Uh, That day, the the day after uh, we had that forum, Senator Sanders called me, and this is not a – I'm not – endorsing anybody i got to be careful with this but uh he called me and he said pat i want to tell you first of all i thanked him and by the way he was very great with the kids who were here from temple we had a lot of law students here getting pictures with the kids loved him and he said to me pat he said listen i get calls all the time come here come there come to my city we'll have thousands of people he said almost never a thousand people he said what you did here in philadelphia they ought to do it across the whole country so now fast forward, and I'm sure it has nothing to do with it, what we did or didn't do, but our nationals meeting, uh, their executive committee is meeting in Florida this coming week, um, and it'll be, I think it starts next Tuesday. Uh, 
But at the end of their session on Thursday the 12th, they're going to have a presidential forum, coincidentally. And Michael, who works with us here, Michael Cadwell, um, came to me when he, when he saw the agenda and he said, uh, uh, President Ide said, I, I think they're doing the same thing we did in Philadelphia. I said, well, good. Then that means we didn't do anything wrong. So, but my point of bringing it up more than anything else is everybody's aware of what's happened last week with all the candidates and, and the things that have taken place. We're down to two now. And so their forum is going to be a little smaller than ours. It'll be two. I don't know the outcome. I can't project the outcome. Uh, there certainly is an extreme, enough extreme differences between the two that a choice can be made for a lot of reasons. And uh, I can't predict that. Uh, I know that there's a lot of uh, our, our rank and file who are passionate for uh, Senator Sanders. I know that uh, a tremendous amount of people, especially here in the Philadelphia area, are supportive of uh, Vice President Biden. Uh I know one thing, and I think that has to be clear, that we can't go four more years with this president. And I'm saying this publicly, and I really don't care whether the president hears it or not. Uh, just just what's happening this past week with the, with this, uh, this, this sickness that's going on and, and the way it's being handled and, and the kind of comments that come out from the president of our country and the, the place we're in. So we need to make sure that whoever they decide in Florida – uh, that we support wholeheartedly, and I, I know we will, and we'll put the program together. Um, and and even though some of the national unions have already made selections in the last few weeks, uh, I know we'll come together whenever we pick this candidate. And I, I fortunately, we had it down to two because it's a little hard for me to uh, deal with the uh, the amount of people who are there and, and the, kinds of, uh, the kinds of debates, I think, that, that went into... Uh, kind of like a locker room fight, for, you know, in, in some ways. So, so that we're looking forward to that. Uh, the next time uh, we get a chance to be talking to the folks out there on the radio, we'll have an idea who Labor's representing. Excuse me, who Labor's Labor's endorsing for the presidential position. And uh, uh, but I want to men- mention here in Philly and Pennsylvania, we have a tremendous work ahead of us to change the thinking in Harrisburg, and maybe touch on that a little bit when we come back. But uh, we have a lot of work to do, and uh, we have a lot of direction. Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor. It's a special one-hour edition. Uh, Actually, not quite an hour as we lead you into Temple Basketball, but it is the President's Hour. Uh, The President of the AFL-CIO, Pat Eiding, joining us. We'll get to a commercial break. We'll continue uh, our dialogue. Our final segment of the show on the other side. Back in a moment. Portions of tonight's edition of Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor are brought to you by Sprinkler Fitters Local 692, Iron Workers Local 405, and Steam Fitters Local 420. Today's program has been pre-recorded. We're going to try to work with Republicans in a bipartisan way to find solutions to what really is not working. And back here on Saturday night at Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor as we come to you on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Shout out to uh, the entire crew and all members of Talk Radio 1210 WPHT for doing the tremendous radiothon for the USO uh, yesterday, Friday, down at Play 2 uh, in South Philadelphia. A tremendous amount of money was 
was raised uh, for those that serve uh, and for the good work that the USO does. Uh, one reason um, that I am super proud to be uh, on this radio station. Great job uh, by everyone. Pat, back to you, our final segment uh, of the show today. Uh, Joe, I don't, I hate to keep, you know, belaboring uh, uh, politics, but it's, it's a very important part of our life. And uh, I started, as, as we finished up the last segment, I started to uh, talk a little bit about the president, but allude to, you know, the opportunities we have here in our own state. Uh, you know, we, uh, as far as I'm concerned, we did a great job in the Philadelphia elections. We have great people. We have new people on city council. But there's a, there's a lot of optimism. And, uh, you know, uh, last week, the, uh, the, uh, the mayor uh, came out with a budget that's going to uh, include uh, education for kids who can't afford it. it you know, uh, a, a chance to go to community college. And, and hopefully uh, city council sees the same value in that and we're able to move some things forward. So we get out of this stigma of being the, you know, one of the poorest cities in the country as, as, as far as uh, our working people. But in the state of Pennsylvania for the last many years now, there's been a, a right-wing movement to really uh, take away our right to collective bargaining. Uh, and everything that's happened nationally, the, uh, the program that came out with the, with the Janus uh, decision, uh, these folks up in Harrisburg jumped right on it. And again, just any way they could to take away the power and the right of, of uh, working people to have a, the right of a collective bargaining agreement. So what I say is that we did our, uh, you know, last week we did this, this past week we did our recommendations. Uh, next week we'll do the endorsements. And I have to tell you, I'm going to try the best I can to get the enthusiasm to make changes in the state to elect people who care about working people and care about uh, folks being protected on the job, care about home care workers, care about uh, folks working two jobs to be able to have daycare. Those kinds of things have to be more in the minds of the state, like they are in the city of Philadelphia. We pass things in Philadelphia for those purposes, and then when we when it goes up to the state, they try to take it away from us. So this election is really important, and. You know, if if we get the enthusiasm and the and the feeling that I think we will once there's a candidate picked for the presidential election, uh, I think we're going to see some of that also uh, be very fruitful in our state, and I think it's needed. And I think the time is right. And and I mentioned earlier in the program that many workers out there want want to have a representation of a collective bargaining agreement. I think many many workers out there are paying attention to how these elections are now. You may see, um, I hope I'm right, but you may see the biggest turnout in Philadelphia that we've had. The last one was pretty darn good, but I think you may see it grow. And I think it's our responsibility, not just to talk to our members, which is very important, but to talk to other working people. Talk Pat, to I've, got to, I've got to jump in there because I've got to, and I want to get your response or get your feedback on this. I personally do not believe that the unions and those working members of all the unions are not being appreciated by the candidates and are not uh, getting or deserving of the res- not uh, respect is not the word word the right to have a voice and I just feel as though sometimes the unions are taken for granted and what really irritated me and I don't want to jump into a long conversation on it but what really got me upset was the refinery 
and how that played out. I was bleeding for those workers, um, praying that our radio shows were able to have some sort of an impact. Um, and I was really disgruntled when it all, when it ultimately played out the way it played out. And, and I didn't see too many politicians stepping up to the plate on, on, for the backs of the unions. And that bothered me, Pat. And Joe, to the contrary, there were some that buckled under to the green, you know, the clean air influence, which is a great influence. We want everybody wants to have that eventually, but they didn't take in consideration that no matter what happens with that property, there's going to be. I'm not going to say a thousand. There's going to be fifteen to two hundred, two thousand people, fifteen hundred, two hundred thousand people that have lost their job over this. And, and you, you can banner around anything you want about what it could be, what it should be. And the, if this group Hillco, Hillco comes in. If they don't, if they don't do a like kind of an operation at that footprint, these people won't have a job, and these jobs aren't out there. They they can't just go to something else. Somebody who's been a, a you know a pipe fitter for twenty five years, what's he going to do now? Go make watches? It's not going to happen. So when I look at some of the people who are running, and I got to tell you, last week, last Thursday, when we we had our folks come before us, that was expressed pretty strongly to a couple candidates that you know you didn't care about us, you wanted to go along with this and that. And never and never cared, and now we're out of work. And I got to tell you, John Bland, who represents the boilermakers. Now, keep in mind, what does a boilermaker do in here in this area? He works either in a refinery or in a powerhouse. He doesn't work in a library, doesn't work in a warehouse, doesn't work when they're building buildings. There are no boilermakers in a building. I mean, some of the rest of us, like insulators and pipe fitters and electricians, we have both kinds of work. They don't. And if you could hear the passion. When we went, we, we talked to, to the folks at Drexel, the, the professor is doing a collaboration about what are we going to do as we go forward. And we have to be part of that discussion. We have to decide if this is going to stay, where these people go to work, and what will that, what will that footprint, what will that property be used for? It's a big, big piece of property and a big piece of income for the city. And so we have to be part of that discussion. But when John Bland talked about his members not having a place to go to work, Many years that it's going to impact their pension. It's going to impact the folks on the other side. Joe Minot from the Clean Air Council, who I've known for years, and others came away saying, you know, Pat, listen to John speak about his members. Really, really digs into you a little bit more. And, and what they agreed with, it's one thing getting down the street hollering and waving. But hearing what's happening to his members and the passion he has because he won't have a job to send them to. And so when you think about it that way, the politicians had to have a little bit more of an open mind. And, you know, so now one of people want to dance in the street. There's a few people want to dance in the street that nobody, there's not going to be a refinery. And maybe there'll be a warehouse. And who do they think is going to work in that warehouse? How many robots do you think will be in there? How many robots do they think Amazon and others have? It's not going to have the impact of putting people to work. And the other part of it is, now that it's in the courts, it's going to take so long, there's not going to be any jobs for anybody for how many years? And so you folks out there that think you won something here, what you did, what you accomplished, is put out about 2,000 people out of work with their families who may, for the most part, not be able to find another job, probably won't find a job that pays the kind of money they made for all those years. So I uh, had to get that off my chest. I'm Sorry to take you down though, that but, road, but I'm, I, I'm, uh, I'm still boiling over yeah, it, Pat. I mean, listen, it's easy to put a vote in 
because as the one one politician said, well, a lot of those other folks live in my area. Well, God bless. I'm glad to hear that. And I hope you get elected with a lot of those folks. But don't expect the pipe fitter and the boilermaker who's out of work in your area to vote for you because you didn't care about them. They're not going to care about you. And I, that's what I meant by the whole theme of working for people who care about and not just the day. But over the broad strip, you know, folks who care about folks are going to go to Harrisburg and fight for, for worker safety and, you know, a $15 minimum wage, whatever happens, and some kind of respect for people who do home care so they're not put upon. So uh, that you, you got me then, Paul. You put me on a bandwagon. But, uh, uh, you know, I, I think it's important we do that. And uh, I just want to congratulate the teachers union. They came through a, 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 a very de- democratic election. You know, folks don't realize that the members are the union. It's not the officers. It's not the leaders, although we hopefully respect leadership and, and the great, great work it does. And I do respect the leaders of the teachers. Uh, folks had their voice and the voice was heard. They respect whatever the collective bargaining process is that the, the group have done so far and the, the way they worked on the schools as far as safety. And so the outcome was that the Jerry Jordan group got reelected. And I'm anxious to work with them because I am part of the, uh, you know, uh, fund our fair funding for our schools to fight for some funding from the governor and the people in Harrisburg because of the asbestos problem. And I'll be shoulder to shoulder with those folks and have been up until now. And hopefully the other folks who, who saw things differently realize the amount of time besides the education process and collective bargaining that, that Jerry and Hillary and those folks have put, and Art have put into trying to make sure the schools are safe for the kids and for their teachers. So uh, congratulations to them. I look forward to working with them. I give great, great uh, respect for the folks who uh, were, were in the process. The democratic process worked, and I'm, I'm glad to hear that. So, uh, you know, we are grateful for that. Uh, Joe, I just, I just want to try to finish up about, I want to, you know, embellish a little bit what the gov- what the mayor's trying to do with this, the community college and what various groups are doing with, with kids. Uh, we have a lot of work to do to help the teachers do, uh, do their job. We have a lot of work to do to try to help, uh, Dr. Height get money for these schools and, and those things. Uh, I'm real respectful of the fact that we have leadership in Philadelphia now with both the mayor and city council that's diverse enough in their thinking to be able to move this city forward and help some of the folks who, uh, who are uh, looking for jobs. And I guess my last piece is we have a program in Philadelphia called Work Ready. It's putting kids to work and young people to work during the summer. There's an addition to that now where we can put folks from 16 to 24 who are out of school and out of work. We can put them to a, a little bit longer internship than just the summer months. Uh, work Ready and Philadelphia Works. Uh, I'm proud to be part of that. Uh, those boards to be uh, be able to move that forward. And I would like that uh, if, if anybody has influence with employers or they have influence with putting people to work, they think about these kids, uh, high school kids for the Work Ready program, and some folks who are out of school, out of work between the age of 16 and 24. Maybe we can get them started. And who knows? You may find a, a great employee that will go past the internship and go forward. Good work, and I think we all should be together on it, Joe. Well done. Well said. A quick program today with the president of the AFL-CIO, Pat Oiding, Pat Eiding, joining us here on Talk Radio 1210 uh, WPHT. Uh, as we say goodbye on this Saturday Go night, Owls. There you go. We lead you right in to Temple Bank. 
basketball. On behalf of uh, Jay Doc, who had this Saturday night off, and on behalf of our gracious host, Pat Eiding, I'm Joe Krause. See you next time, everybody. Portions of tonight's edition of Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor have been sponsored by Sheet Metal Workers Local 19, CWA, Communications Workers of America, and AFSME Local 1739, DC 47. Today's program has been pre recorded. This program is a paid commercial announcement and in no way represents the views of WPHT or its management.